0: Can we just bless the Lord tonight, church? Amen. How many of you are happy to be in God's house tonight? Amen. I know I'm happy to be back up behind the pulpit. It seems like it's been forever since I've been up here, but uh, we're here. Amen. God's given us another day. He's given us another year. This is the first time that I've been able to preach in 2018, so I'm glad to be up here. I'm just going to get right at it this evening. The title of my message is... Now, this evening is simply in the beginning. I, I wanted to uh, title it, uh, Let There Be Light, uh, but either way, it's a message about the priority and the placement of God uh, in our lives. I preached a similar word to this, maybe even the same title a couple of years ago, but it's it's different. It's got some of the same stuff, but I'm taking a different approach on it because I felt like, especially if it's my first time back uh, before I start series, before I go on into the new year with the Word of God, I just I believe that we need to have God in the, in the right place, amen? We need to have Him as the right priority, and we need to have Him in the right place in our lives, and how many of you know if God's not in uh, first place in our lives, uh, we've got some wrong priorities? If God's not your number one priority, if He's not my number one priority, then, then my priorities are a little messed up, Amen? Uh, And the reality is if God is not in first place in our lives, he's in the wrong place. If he's not the first place in my day, if he's not the first place in my marriage or in my family or in my household, in my ministry, in in my job, uh, wherever it might be, if he's not in first place, guess what? He's in the wrong place. Now the reality is if God is not the headline of my life, He's nothing more than a byline in my life, but the reality is God needs to be our headline every single day, amen? God should be the headline of our marriage. God should be the headline of our household. God should be the headline in in regards to raising up our kids. Uh, God should be a a headline of our life every single day. When we get up, when we walk out the door, when we go out there into the world, guess, guess what? God should be the headline of our life but the sad reality is far too often God is nothing more than a byline. We get consumed by the cares of the world, by the the responsibilities that we have, maybe the, the, the earthly pleasures that surround us. It doesn't matter what it is, but this world has a way and the enemy has a way of making God nothing more than a byline in our life. And the Word of God that I have for you today, in the beginning of 2018, at least for me and uh, my Word, is to get God where He belongs. And that, that should be as the headline of our life, and that's what we're going to look at this evening, amen, the proper placement of God and, and Christ in our lives. How many of you know that God put you and me first? God put you and me first when he sent us his only begotten son, amen? And all through Jesus' life, guess what? He put mankind first. When he went to the cross, it's because he put us first. And the truth is, every single day, God in Christ put us first. So the least that we can do is put him first in our lives, amen? So before we go to the word and I begin to break the bread and the word, then we're going to do exactly what I said. We're going to put God first. I want him at the very beginning of the word that I bring. So, Father God, we just... Thank you for this day. Thank you for your faithfulness, your goodness. Thank you for what you've brought us through, Uh, the good parts of the day and the bad parts of the day. God, you brought us back out. We're in your house, in your presence, and in, in, in fellowship with you tonight, God. So we just take the time to put you exactly where you belong. I want to put you at the front of my message I want to put you at the front of my mind. I want to put you at the front of my words, God. I want you to be at the front of the the listener's life, Father God. I pray that you would be in complete authority and in control of everything that's said and done this evening. Come against all the distractions and the cares and the concerns that we might be consumed with, God. And let us just put you where you belong so that you can be glorified, so that we can hear from you, and so that we can be challenged and changed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. I'm basing my message on Genesis 1-1 and John 1-1, and you should all know these scriptures. Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in John 1-1, it tells us that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, reminding us again in both of these passages that in the beginning was God. Before everything else and before anything else, guess what? There was God. Before the day, before the night, there was God. Before the plants, before the trees, before the birds, before the fish, there was God. Uh, Before the sun and the moon and the stars there was God. Before the, the, the trees of the field clapped their hands in the wind, there was God. Before a single mountain was molded, before a single sea uh, was dug out, there was God. He was at the beginning of it all, church. Uh, before the, the birds chirped and the, and the cows mooed and the, and, the, and the frogs croaked, there was God. Amen. He was at the beginning of it all. In the beginning was God, Scripture says. And guess what? He's the one that created it all. He's the one that created the heavens and the earth. It was God that spoke existence into being and made something out of nothing. How many of you thankful that God has the power to make something out of nothing? You see, the reality is all of us are nothing without jesus christ we're we're nothing without god but god has a way of making something out of nothing Uh, you know i'm not the only one here to say look i was nothing until god came into my life i was nothing i might have thought i was all that in a bag of chips but the reality is i was nothing until god came into my life and nothing until jesus came into my life and and that's the reality in the beginning was god it wasn't you it wasn't me that was in the beginning. It was God. It wasn't Socrates. It wasn't Mohammed. It wasn't even John the Baptist. It wasn't even the Apostle Paul. It wasn't. It wasn't anyone else that was in the beginning. It was God. It wasn't the the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. It wasn't Wall Street. It wasn't Hollywood in the beginning, the Bible says, was God. And that's where he belongs every single day. Amen? That's what the Bible is teaching us when it says, in the beginning with God. Because the sad reality is, far too often we put the wrong thing or the wrong person in first place in our lives. But this word is reminding us that every day in every area of our life, God belongs at the beginning. Amen? He belongs at the foundation of it all. In the beginning was God. God was the one that spread out the skies. God was the one that raised up mountains and dug out valleys. God was the one that, that brought the rain down. God was the one that ignited the sun. God was the one that, that gave uh, birds flight. It was God, church. It was God that, that knit us together, the Bible says, when we were in our mother's womb. It was God that ordered the number of hairs upon my head. It was God, church, who who planned out my days, the Bible says, before I took a single breath. No one had anything to do with that in my life except God. And the reality is we have to remember that. We have to remember that in the beginning of everything was God because it teaches us that before we step out into a day, before we tackle a problem, before we enter into marriage, before we start a dating relationship, before I start a career, in the beginning of it all belongs God. And if God's not there, guess what? We'll turn out a mess, be covered with darkness. And we'll look at that as we go. But in the beginning was God. God was at the beginning of it all. He's the one that put it all together, and he's the one that keeps it all together. Listen, I don't know about you. There's been times in my life where I feel like when I'm going through stuff, man, I, I got enough to keep it all together. But God brings me to that place where I realize, you know what? I can't keep it all together he's the one that keeps it all together. He's the only one that can hold my marriage together. The only one that can hold my family together. The only one that can hold my finances together. He's the only one that can hold my mind together. He's the only one that can hold my words. You get what I'm saying, church? He's the only one that can do that, but he can only do it if he's where he belongs. At the beginning, and at the foundation of it all, and that's what we have to understand, and it's why I'm bringing you this word this evening, because I believe the best way to start out the new year, and I know we're already a month into it, but it's the first time I get to preach, so in the beginning of this year, we want to put God where he belongs, amen, which is at the beginning, it's exactly where God belongs, amen, amen, So God doesn't belong, listen, God doesn't belong halfway down the line. God don't belong halfway down the line. He don't belong in the middle of the line or at the end of the line. God doesn't even belong in second place. God belongs in first place, church. I said it earlier, he needs to be the headline of our life because if he's not the headline, which is first, if he's not the headline, he's nothing but a byline. And bylines have no power in our life. He's got to be the headline of our life. Jehovah belongs at the beginning of it all because Exodus 23 reminds us that we are to have no other gods before Him. Amen. No other gods. The first command God gave to the children of Israel, the first command God, God spoke over His people and, and that we read in Scripture is that we are to have no other gods before Him. What's that mean? It means he belongs in first place. Not second place, third place, fourth place. That wasn't the second or third or fourth or fifth commandment. It was the first because that's exactly where he belongs in first place. You are to have no other little G gods before me because there's only one capital G God and that's Jehovah. And this world is filled with little G gods that try to make their way into the first place position of our lives. But God says you're not supposed to have any other gods before me. You know what that means? It means we are not to worship anyone above God, anything above God. It means we're not to adore anyone or anything above God. Now, listen, that doesn't mean I can't adore my wife or I can't adore my kids. It doesn't mean I can't adore those other individuals that enter in my life. But what it means is I must adore God above everything else. Thou shalt have no other gods before me means, church, that I should not be devoted to anyone else above God. Can't be devoted to anyone else above God. Again, doesn't mean I can't be devoted to my wife. I need to be devoted to my wife. I need to be devoted to my kids. I need to be devoted to my job. I need to be devoted to my neighbors. But the reality is, if I'm devoted to them above God, God's in the wrong place. And if God's in the wrong place, then he doesn't have the power to hold that all together for me, church. And this is what the Scripture is teaching us. He has to be at the beginning. To, to have no other gods before him means that I, that I trust no one above God. I trust no one above God. Doesn't mean we can't trust other people. But we are to trust God above everything else. When I'm sick, i got to trust God above everyone else. When I'm going through a trial or a tribulation, I got to trust God above everyone else. When I seem to be onslaught, there seems to be an onslaught from the enemy, I need to trust God above everyone else. When I'm confused, when I'm lost, when I'm afraid, when I'm filled with doubt or depression or anxiety, guess what? I've got to trust God above everyone else, but that's hard for us sometimes. Sometimes. You know, we we trust pastor, we we trust uh, we trust our spouse, or we we trust our friends, we we trust our spiritual leaders, and we run so often to other individuals and other things before we run to God. Thou shalt not have any other little g gods before me. Doesn't mean I can't trust others. It means I've got to trust God first. Amen this is the lesson that the Holy Spirit is teaching us, that we've got to have God exactly where he belongs. Amen, church? He has to be first place in our lives or he's in the wrong place. Listen, like I said, I know we're already at the end of January. I know that most people have already made all sorts of resolutions, and a lot of them have failed by now. Amen? But I'm not talking about resolutions. I'm talking about priorities tonight. I'm talking about the priority of having Jesus Christ exactly where he belongs in our life. It's what we have to understand. But I'm here to tell us this evening that if God isn't at the beginning of all of our plans, if he's not at the beginning of even some of the resolutions that we've made, guess what? They're really meaningless according to the word of God. You can have some great grand plans for 2018, But I'm telling you tonight that if God isn't at the beginning of them all and at the foundation of them all, they're really meaningless. And they will end up being empty. It doesn't matter what that plan or or, or that, that it is. If the priority of that plan is to not have God at the beginning of it, there's something wrong with our priorities and there's something wrong with that plan. We'd be fools to not put God at the first part of our plans. We plan out our calendar, plan out our day, plan out our year, plan out our plans. Guess what? God needs to be included in that and put in the very first place so that it turns out good, amen? And that's what we're going to learn this evening. We have to understand that if God isn't at the beginning of our day, at the beginning of our plans or our pursuits, if he's not at the beginning of our, of our hopes and our dreams and, and our desires, church, the word says that they really all will be empty, be without form and and shapeless, because the Word of God tells me in Exodus 1:2 that the earth was without form and empty, and it tells me that darkness covered the deep until God spoke His Word and His will over the earth. The earth was empty, The 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 earth was without substance and without shape, until God spoke his word over the earth. It had no, according to the word of God, it had no shape, it had no substance, church, and there was nothing holding it together until God released his word and God released his will over the earth. It was void and it was without form until his word was established over it, the Bible teaches us. And I'll explain as I go. It was covered in darkness until the darkness and, and the universe made room for the light. Amen? And, and the reality is, in the same way, if we don't allow God, listen, if we don't allow the Word of God, or if we don't allow God to speak His will and to speak His Word over our life like He did over the universe, like He did over the darkness, like He did over the earth, if we don't allow His Word to be spoken over our life and His will to be spoken over our life like it was over the earth, then just like the earth, our life will be dark our life will be empty, our life will be without proper shape and without proper form, and it won't have any substance, church. Please understand, it's the Word of God that holds it all together. How many of you know it's the Word of God that holds the universe together? There's that much authority in the word of God that when he spoke it, the universe obeyed, and the earth obeyed, and, and, and every time he spoke creation into existence, it's his word that brought it forth, but it's his word that holds it all together. If God would not have released his word over the, the earth and over the universe, what does the Bible say it would be? It would be empty, it would be without shape, without substance. And it would be covered in darkness. And the reality is our life is exactly the same. Our life is exactly the same. If we don't allow the word of God to be spoken over our life, established in our life, which his word is his will, amen? His word is his government. And and if we don't allow that to be spoken over our lives, guess what our lives will be like? They'll be empty. They'll be without substance. Listen, the word of God is the only thing that holds your life together. It's the only thing that holds your mind together. It's the only thing that can truly hold your marriage together and hold your family together and your finances together. That's what the Word of God does. The Word of God is what actually fulfills and and gives your soul substance. Because without the Word of God, we're empty. There's only one who can satisfy the thirsty, the Bible says, and fill the hungry with all good things. And that's, that's us. Only if we allow the word of God to be spoken over our lives and released into our lives, unless we allow the word of God and the government of God to be established in our lives, to have authority over our lives, to have control over our lives, church. Unless his word is the, the foundation of our lives like it was the foundation of the earth, please understand the word of God was the foundation of the earth. It was the foundation of the world. In the beginning was the Word. It's what established everything. It's what put everything in place. And it's what keeps everything in place. And without the Word of God, our lives will be nothing more than chaos. And so we have to grasp that understanding, church. It was the foundation of the earth, and it needs to be the foundation of our lives as well. Listen, you want to know why so many marriages are covered in darkness? Is because they've not made room for the light. Because God's not where he belongs. Because those marriages have not allowed the word of God to have authority over their marriage or influence over their marriage. It's because the government of God hasn't been established in that marriage. You know why so many young people or or even some of our children are wandering out there in the world and living a life of chaos? It's the same exact reason. It's because they have not allowed the government of God to have rule over their life. Because they have not allowed the Word of God to have room in their life because the will of God has not been allowed to be established in their life. It's why so many families are fractured. It's why so many lives are lacking. It's because God's not where he belongs. And guess where he belongs? You know it. At the beginning. It's where he belongs. You know, when our kids go out during the, you know, I've got one at the house. You know, my my youngest, Carly, lives in the house. And every day, I pray you do that too. We put God where he belongs before we walk out the door, before we send her to school. We put God where he belongs, around her and in her, and in her mind, We'll send encouragements to her even during the day. Because at the school she's at, she's allowed to check her email. And her mother and I will send her encouragements reminding her of where God belongs in her life. Thank God she's at a Christian school and they're doing the same thing. But you understand what I'm saying. We've got to put God where he belongs. Amen? And unless he's established in where he belongs, church, the things of our life just won't have the substance that they should. They'll struggle in darkness. They just won't seem to come together. Man, oh. you ever have those moments or areas of your life where you're just, God, why does it not all come together? Why is it all so out of shape? You now, listen, I know we can love the Lord with all of our heart, and there's sometimes there's just areas where the devil so attacks, and it seems. But even in those moments, guess what we have to do? We got to put God exactly where he belongs, right in the front of it, in the front of every problem. The front of every obstacle. So he can pave a way for us to, to go where we need to go. I hope you're understanding and get what I'm, what I'm sharing here this morning. The government of God has to be uh, uh, established in our lives <coughs> if our lives are going to be fruitful, our lives are going to take shape, our lives are going to bear fruit. <coughs> Remember, the first words that God spoke over the universe was, Let there be light. The first words that came out of Jehovah's mouth was, let there be light. And if you look at the Hebrew word for let, what God was doing is he was ordering a command. The word let in Hebrew means to make room for. To make room for. And so what God was doing the first time he opened his mouth was a command for the universe and the earth to make room for my word to make room for my divine design that I have for the universe and that I have for the earth. He was speaking a command to that which had no substance, to that which was covered in darkness, to that which had no shape or form. He was issuing a command to make room for my divine design. And he speaks that over us every single day. Make room for my divine design for your life make room for light. He said, let there be light. And what Jesus or what God was saying from the beginning of time, church, God spoke and commanded the universe to make room for his will and his divine design. When God said, let there be light, he was saying, make room for my word, make room for my will. Because my will is about to be done on earth as as I've designed it in heaven. The design that I have for the universe in heaven is about to be designed and, and fulfilled on earth. Let there be light, he was saying, make room for my government. Because how many of you know the Word of God is the government of God? It's the government of God. God didn't. God wasn't able to lead the children of Israel and and the, and, the, and the people of Israel without establishing a government. He gave them the law, which was his government. It was his ordinances and his statutes. Church and so often, I'm not listen. I'm not telling you we're living by the law because we're under grace. But there is still a guideline. The word of God is his government. And it needs to be established in our lives. If we're to have successful lives. If our lives and our marriages and our households and everything we attempt to do. If it's going to have any kind of cohesion. Any kind of shape. Any kind of prosperity to it. That has to fall in line with the government of God. Our marriage needs to come under the government of God's word. Our will, our beings, our thoughts, they all need to come under the government of God. We need to make room every day for the light of God in every area of our life. Let there be light, he said. Let there be light. Make room, he was saying. When he said, let there be light, he was saying, make room for the light of the world. And we all know who the light of the world is, amen? It was Jesus Christ. Listen, when the Word says that that Jesus was laid at the foundation of the earth, it's not just talking about, you know, it says he was was, uh, laid at the foundation of the earth. It foretells his crucifixion is what it's talking about. But listen, when God said, let there be light, he was actually making room. He was saying, make room for Jesus Christ, make room for the Son S-U-N, not just S-O-N, make room for the sun. S-O-N, make room for Jesus Christ, and it's what we have to do, church. Jesus is, Jesus is the light of the world, and, and I'm here to remind us this morning when, or this evening when we, when we fail to make room for God's word, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, we're walking in darkness, and you know what happens when you walk in the dark. Man, you get up in the middle of the night and all the lights are out, you better be careful how you walk. I mean, when I go outside at night and I let the dog out, I want to make sure every light on the outside comes up and even take a flashlight out to wander through the yard because because if I'm walking in darkness, I'm walking in risk. And that's exactly why God spoke to the universe, let there be light. And it's exactly why he's speaking it to us, let there be light. Make room for Jesus Christ in your life. Make room for the government of God in your life. Make room for the will of God in your life. Make room for the word of God in your life. Because if you don't, you're walking in risk or at risk. Your whole life is at risk if you don't allow the government of God to be established. Your marriage is at risk if you don't allow the light of Christ to be there. Your children are at risk if you don't allow the light of Christ into their life. Uh, your, your finances will be at risk if you, you don't allow the light of Christ to be there, church. In every area of our life, if we don't let there be light, we, were, we are walking at risk. I don't know about you, but when I walk through life, I want to take away those kind of risks, amen? So how do I do that? I put God where he belongs. I put Christ where he belongs. I put his word where he belongs. I let there be light in my life, church. Listen, when we fail to make room for his government, when we fail to allow his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, eventually all of that begins to fall apart. Because, again, he's the only thing that holds it together. His word is the only thing that holds all those areas of our life together. Oh, man, man, when we think, man, well, we can hold it together pretty long. I can hold this together. I can hold that together. But somewhere along the way, those areas get weak. Somewhere along the way, even out of the blue, storm comes. And when you think you got it all together... Ooh, guess what happens? It starts to crumble because I didn't have God where he belonged. And this is what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us. You need to let him be a, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, church, or, or otherwise all of those things will begin to fall apart. And if, if you want everything about your life to be held together, then what do you do? You let there be light. You make room for the Lord. You make room for Christ. You make room for his word. Listen, I don't know about you, but, but I don't want 2018 to be covered in darkness. Amen? Amen? Well, I'm sure you don't either. I want my life to be, uh, to be prosperous. I want my life to be filled with light and my marriage to be filled with light and my kids and my, my finances and, and the ministry that I have the opportunity to be a part of. I want it to be filled with light, church, not covered in darkness. I want, I want my life to be fruitful. I, I, want, I want to see multiplication in my life, and I don't want it all falling apart and I want it to have shape. I want it to have substance. You know, and I don't mean to be critical of of this at all, but how many times you go to, to dinner, and you watch another couple across the way, or you watch another couple on the other side, and their heads are down the entire time. Never say a single word to one another, and I'm thinking, you know, God, where's the substance there? Where's the substance of that relationship? Honestly, there's times I want to get up and I want to go sit down in the middle of that table and start up some kind of conversation and say, come on, y'all. Have some conversation. I'm talking about substance. I want that for my life. I want that for my household and my marriage. And look, it's not going to happen unless I let there be light. Now let that, the word of God be a part of it and where he belongs. Unless it is, church, it's all going to get weak. It's all going to crumble. Sad reality is the, the church is filled with fruitless families and marriages and, and, and even ministries because, because so many individuals haven't put Christ where he belongs, haven't put him where he belongs, church, which is at the beginning. Please understand in Genesis... We find it in Genesis 1 1, but God didn't create anything. He didn't create anything until He turned on the lights. And there was a reason for that. God, God Himself, He didn't create anything until He turned on the lights. That's why He said, Let there be light, because He wanted all of creation to be created in the light. He wanted all of creation. To not be built in darkness, he wanted it to be built in the light. But the sad reality is, oh, what do we do so often? We step out into the day and we don't let there be light. And, and, and everything we attempt to do and everything we attempt to build and everything we, we put our hands to is so often accomplished in the dark. So often we walk out into the day and we don't put Christ where he belongs and, and we, don't let, we don't make room for the light and don't make room for his word and, and don't make room for intimacy with him. And then we wonder halfway through the day, man, why am I stumbling? Why am I falling? Why does it seem like everything's falling apart? Why am I stubbing my spiritual toe? Why does there seem to be no substance to, to, to my life or day? You know. You know because we didn't put God where he belongs, because we didn't let there be light before we even took a a single step, church. Listen, the reality is, I'm thinking, you know, you understand what I'm saying? It's kind of a form of speech. God didn't, God can do anything. And if he wanted to create everything in the dark, he can, but he didn't. And he didn't for a reason, as an example for us. To be able to follow that we should not try to build a marriage in the dark. That we should not try to raise our kids in the dark. That we should not try to do family in the dark. That we certainly better not try to do ministry in the dark. That we shouldn't manage our finances in the dark. That we we shouldn't go through life in the dark. Church, let there be light, he said. But the sad reality is, so often God's people... Try to do all that stuff in the dark. And then we wonder why it's a mess. We wonder why it's either not coming together or we wonder why it's falling apart. Because we don't have what is needed to hold it all together, which is the word of God, the government of God, the light of God. You get where I'm going, church? He needs to be at the foundation of everything we do, church, we can't walk in the dark and then wonder why we stumble and fall. I don't know. Listen, I don't know any potters that try to make a pot in the dark. I don't know any contractors or builders that try to build a house in the dark. I don't know any, any uh, street workers or whatever you want to call them, highway workers, that do their work in the dark. They bring out these big spotlights and they, they light it up like crazy. Cause they know without the light they're going to make a mistake they know without the light they might create a dangerous situation or circumstance for themselves or anybody that's traveling around them and it's exactly why God says to us let there be light and that's why I wanted to do the title let there be light because we have to let there 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 has to be light in our life yeah. my man This is what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us, church. Please understand, Scripture makes it clear that when God is at the beginning, when we let the Word of God and the will of God be done in our life, when Christ is first and foremost, when we make room, because that's what the word let means, when we make room for His government, when we make room for His divine design in our life, Listen, how many of you know that God has a divine design for each and every one of you? It'll never be accomplished in the dark. Never. God will wait until you come into the light before he begins to complete that work in your life. Well, God, why aren't you doing this? God, why aren't you doing that? God, why is it taking so long? God, why is it so dark? Well, I'll tell you why. The Holy Spirit says. i tell you why. You've not made room for the light. Sometimes it's that simple. Sometimes it's that simple. And it's what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us. Listen. But the reality is, Scripture makes it clear that when God is exactly where he belongs, when we make room for the light, when we make room for his government, when we make room for his will, that it's all going to turn out good. Amen. This is part of what I preached last time that I brought this, was Genesis chapter 1. Six times in Genesis chapter 1, six times, one time time for every verse. Verse 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. For every day of creation, six times the Bible says, it says this, that what God did was good. At the end of day 1, it was good. the end of day 2, it was good. Day 3, it was good. Day four, it was good. Day five, it was good. Listen, God never has a bad day. Now We might, but please understand, God never has a bad day. And when he's where he belongs in our life, even though we might have trials and tribulations and and headaches and heartache, guess what? If God's where he belongs, it can still be a good old day we can still have a reason to sing and still have a reason to rejoice and still have a reason to clap our hands. It's just like Jason said. God's worthiness and honor and praise, it's not, it's not uh, uh, stuck to our, our situations or circumstances. It's not built on that. So my point is simply this. When we put him where he belongs at the beginning of our day or our life, the Bible says it'll turn out good. And at the very end of everything it says and at at the end of everything God did, he looked at it all, and it says, and it was very good. It was very good. It was very good. Because of this, the universe made room for his divine design. Every day, the universe obeyed. It obeyed. Every day, let there be light, and there was what? Light. Let there be this, and there was this. Let there be trees, and there were trees. Let there be frogs, and there was frogs. Let there be grass, and there was grass. Every single day, every single time God spoke his divine design over the universe, the universe obeyed, and because of it, it was good. Good. And at the end of it all, it was very good. Because every day the universe obeyed. And and I I just keep liking it to us. Listen, if you want a good day, (laughs) if you want a good day, if you want your day to be good and your and your day to be very good, guess what you got to do? You got to obey. Let there be light. Make room for my will. That's what, that's what obedience is. It's making room for his will. What was it that Jesus said? In the garden of Gethsemane when he felt the weight of the world and he could taste the bitterness of what was to come. He cried out, God, if there's any way that you can take this away from me, take it away. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And right there, Jesus Christ made room for the will of God, right there he made room for the divine design of God, which was to provide you and me with a redeemer, with a precious lamb that would take away yours and my sin, listen to me, we're sitting here today, saved individuals, because Jesus Christ himself made room for the will of God in his life, and it was good, and it was very good, listen, it's a very good thing you and I are saved, It's a very good thing that we've been redeemed. It's a very good thing that I got a home for me in glory. It's a very good thing that my sins, which were like scarlet, have been made as white as snow. It's a very good thing that I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. It's a very good thing. And it's very good for one reason. Because Jesus Christ made room for the will of God and the government of God in his life. That's how we have a good life. That's how we have a very good life, a very good marriage, a, a very good household, very good. Kid. We make room, church. It's not gonna, it doesn't mean we're not going to have difficulties. I don't know where I'm going to stop because I'm running out of time. Listen. Say this, thank you, Willie. Always gracious. How many of you know that when God is at the beginning of anything? It's good. It turns out good. So that should behoove us to put God exactly where He belongs. So one of the questions that I have—I'm not closing yet—but how many of you want 2018 to be very good? Put Christ where He belongs. Let there be light in your life. Amen. Let there be room for God's divine design in your life. Let's, let's, not, let's not fight against God's will in 2018. Let's not be stubborn against God's will. Let's not, let's not get our priorities out of whack, and if they're out of whack already 30 days into the year, let's reprioritize, amen, so that it can be good with our soul and it can be good with God. Matthew 6, and I'll start winding down soon. It says, seek Seek first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first above. What's that mean? It means above everything else. Above every earthly endeavor. It means above every earthly accolade, every accomplishment, every achievement that that we might want to have in our life. Above every personal pleasure. Above every carnal craving above every longing lust that we might have, above all of those things, even above the necessities of the day. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He wrote this because because the people he was speaking to, they were worried about clothes and they were worried about food and they, they were worried about the necessities of life. And God said, seek first the kingdom of God Seek seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, church. And listen, when we do that, it's going to turn out good. Amen? Amen. Seek first the kingdom of God. So I'm going to teach you something here as I begin to wind this down. What's the kingdom of God referring to right here? It's referring to the rule or the government of our eternal sovereign God. So what he's saying here is I want you to seek first above everything else the rule of, uh, of our sovereign God. And if that is established in our life but be above everything else, guess what? All these other things that you have need of, they'll be added unto your life. You won't have to worry about them. You won't have to beg for them. You won't have to plead for them. You won't have to fight for them. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the rule of God and the reign of God, of our sovereign God over your life. And all the things you have need of in those areas of life will be given unto you, the Bible says. But the the reality is so often we have to struggle for those things and and fight for those things and, and worry over those things and cry about those things because we've not sought first the rule and reign of our sovereign God. And I know that's a difficult thing for us to do sometimes, church, but it's exactly what he says. In the Hebrew, to seek first the kingdom of God, it actually means to seek the lordship of Jesus Christ over our life. Every day, in every circumstance and situation, we should seek the lordship of Jesus over our life. Whatever we might be going through, whatever circumstance and, and situation, whatever our obstacles and difficulties, what should we do? We should seek the lordship of Jesus Christ in our life. Say, God, you're lord over this situation and circumstance. But listen, Jesus can't be lord over your problem unless he's lord over you. He can't be Lord over your fear, and He can't be Lord over your anxieties. He can't be Lord over your finances. He, he can't be he, Lord over your marriage or, or your mind. Guess what? Unless He's Lord over you and me. And it's exactly why he's saying, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. And all of these other areas of your life, guess what? I'm going to take care of because I'm Lord. And when you make me Lord over your life, guess what? When I'm Lord over your life, your life will be filled with power. And your life will be filled with anointing. And your life will be filled with favor. And your life will be filled with blessings when I'm Lord. But if I'm not Lord, guess what? Your life's going to be without form. It's going to be empty. It's going to be covered in darkness. But when when you make me Lord over your life, guess what? It's going to shine. It's going to be bright. You understand what I'm saying, church? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And here's where I begin to wind down. How many of you know that his righteousness or the righteousness of God, again, is Jesus Christ? All through Scripture, you can read things, and it's a reminder of of, of who Christ really is and where he belongs in our life. Here's he saying, Seek first the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is the lordship of Jesus Christ. And guess what? Seek first the lordship of Jesus Christ and his righteousness, or the righteousness of God. And again, that's Jesus Christ. This verse is actually saying, Seek Jesus and seek Jesus. <laughs> seek the lordship of Jesus and seek the righteousness of Jesus. Listen. The reality is, guess what? I don't care how righteous you think you are. I don't care how righteous I think I am. The Bible reminds me that my righteousness is like filthy rags. Like a rotten rag. My righteousness. Well, here, His righteousness. That's what we have to seek after. His righteousness is Jesus Christ. Listen, Jesus Christ is the only way you and I can be right with God. Only way we can be right with God. Jesus Christ is the only way that our lives can be good. Jesus Christ is the only way that our lives can be very good. So, so again, what this is teaching us is that if you want to be right with God, if you want your life to be good and very good, again, guess what we got to do? Seek first Jesus, seek first Jesus, his righteousness. Because everything I attempt to do on my own, it's still going to be filthy, I have to do it through Jesus Christ, and the only way I can do through Jesus Christ is if if I've received the lordship of Jesus Christ over my life. And that's the trouble that we have sometimes. So often we fail to allow Jesus to be lord over our life, so when we go to tackle a problem, when we go to tackle a uh, uh, you know, a struggle or overcome a struggle, or we try to be pleasing to God, we can't, no matter how hard we try, because we've not allowed the lordship of Jesus Christ over our life. If I don't have the lordship of Jesus Christ over me, I can't please God. I can't. I just can't. I can struggle. I can strain. I can try to keep all the Ten Commandments. I, I, I you know, I can read the Bible until I'm blue in the face and come to church six times a week. I can sing a thousand songs. Scriptural songs, I can serve in ministry, I can do all those things, but if I don't have the lordship of Jesus Christ, if he's not where he belongs in my life, if I've not made room for the light, I still can't please God. So again, my point is simply this, you want to please God? Put Jesus where he belongs. He gave us his only begotten son for for one reason, so we can be right with God, And listen, if we don't put him first, really, we're abusing the gift that he gave us. We're devaluing the gift that he gave us. He gave us his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him would not perish in darkness but have everlasting life through Jesus Christ. I'm going to close with this. i got to wind this down. I just want us to understand and and for us to be reminded that God was at the beginning of everything and he should be at the beginning of everything in our lives as well. In the beginning was God. Wasn't you, wasn't me, wasn't anyone around us, wasn't pastor as great and as much as I love him. It wasn't, wasn't any of us, it was God, church. Again, in the beginning was God. Heavens and the earth began with God. The night and the day began with God. The sea, the sky, and the land began with God. All of these things began with God. The the human race, you and me, it all began with God. Every day began with God releasing His will over the universe. And the universe obeyed, and it was good. So here's how I wind this down. If you want your marriage to be good, then let let there be light in your marriage in 2018. If you want your finances to be good then let there be light in your finances give god access give jesus rule and lordship over your finances oh oh god sometimes we're so tight with our money we're lord over our money and it's why it doesn't multiply it's why it seems like our finances just live in the dark they're not multiplied let there be light if you want your job to be good if you want your business to be good, let there be light there. If you want your conversations to be good, let there be light there. You know how you let there be light in your conversations? You know, I'm not, I'm not condemning anyone here. I'm just saying, look, so often we can go through the whole day and never let our words be filled with light. If you want your words to be good, let there be light there. If you want your thoughts to be good, let there be light there. Let the word of God invade your thoughts. Let the the will of God and the divine design of God. You get what I'm saying? If you want your ministry to be good, household to be good, family to be good, if you want your relationships to be good, let there be light there. If you want your life to be good, then let the light of Christ shine bright in your life. If you want your life to be good, then seek first the kingship of Christ over every area of your life. Amen? Amen. So once again, here's the verse I close with. Matthew 6, 25. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. So the closing question is this. How many of you could use some good things added to your life this year? Man, I I don't know about you, but I know I could have some good things added to my life this year. How many of you want some good things added to your marriage? Good things added to your household. Good thing added to your children's lives. Good things added to your finances, your bank account. Good things added to your job. And good things added to your ministry. or Good things added to to wherever it is that you serve and whatever it is that you do. If you want good things added to your life, church then we have to let the rule of God and the light of God have its rightful place in our lives. If we want good things added to our lives, then we have to put Christ exactly where He belongs, which is at the beginning. Because in the beginning was God, and it was good. So if you want your life to be good, here's what I'm asking. 2018. If you want something added to your life in 2018, good things added, you want your life to be good, very good, I'm just going to ask that you stand to your feet, because you're standing and saying, God, I just want some good things added to 2018. I know, listen, I'm not the only one that went through some tough, tough times in 2017. You know, operations for my daughter, a busted leg for me, all sorts of topsy-turvy things going on in our lives. In the midst of it, God was good. And I give him praise for that. But I'm looking for a better 2018 than I had 2017. Amen? Amen. And the way that we do that is let's, you know, we just got to reprioritize and, and put God where he belongs. So before I pray, here's the question. How many of you are willing to say like me, I'm the first one to say it. I could do some reprioritizing in my life. Amen? There's some areas of my life where, where I got I to take God from being a byline to a headline. Amen? From second place to first place. Maybe last place to first place. But wh- wherever he is right now, if he's not in first place, we're saying tonight, God, I'm giving you room to be first place in every area of my life. Amen? That's the prayer that we're going to pray. And if you can identify any area of your life where you've got to move God up, I just pray that you do that in your heart so that your life and your 2018 and your marriage, your house, every area of your life can be very good. Amen? So, Father God, we give you the praise for your word this evening. We thank you for your encouragement. We thank you for revelation. We thank you for truth. We thank you, God, more than anything that you've given us another day to get our priorities right. You've given us another opportunity, God, to to move you up on the ladder to first place in in our marriage or our finances or in our household, in in our family, our workplace, our business, maybe in our thoughts, maybe in our conversations, God. I just pray that you would take your rightful place upon the throne of our heart, upon the throne of our marriage. Every area of our life has a throne, God, and we ask that you would be seated there that your rule, that your reign, that your government, that your divine design, God, would be first place and established in every area of our life. We want a good 2018, God. We want a very good 2018. We don't want to walk in darkness. We don't want our areas of our life falling apart or crumbling or to be without substance, God. So, So we make room tonight, God, for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven in our lives as it's been designed in heaven. So God, we make room for your government. We make room for your word. We make room for your authority over our lives, for your will to be done in our lives, God, so that our lives can be good. I pray that you would help us to reprioritize every single day that we would put you first before we walk out the door. Maybe even before we get out of bed, God, that we would whisper a a praise you, Father. And I I thank you for another day before my feet hit the floor. I want you to be in first place in my life. And God, even when we get back home at the end of the day and we lay our beds, God, before we enter into our sleep, I pray that you would be even there first and foremost before we fall asleep, that you would be at the beginning of our sleep time so that our sleep would be good and very good. I just thank you, Father God, for your faithfulness and the word that you have spoken over to our lives, because I know and I'm confident, God, that you want our lives to be very good. You've given us instruction tonight, God, how we can have that. Now I pray that we would be doers of your word and not hearers only so that we can be benefactors of your goodness in our life, God. I pray that as your people go, that they would go under your covering. God, maybe there's some here that are sick. Maybe they got financial difficulties or marital difficulties. God, I'm just releasing your power into their life even now. You know their need, Father God. And I know and thank you that you're able to meet every need according to your riches in glory. I thank you, Father God, that when we leave here tonight, we can leave here renewed. We can leave here, Father God, built up in our faith. We can leave here trusting that you've got our best at heart. God, you put us first through your Son, Jesus Christ. And what we do tonight, God, is we put you first in every area of our life. Prosper us as we go, God. Keep us as we go. Be first in our thoughts, first in our hearts, and first in our deeds. Careful to give you all the praise and all of the glory, and all of God's people said, amen. Can we bless him one last time for his word, church? Amen. Bless one another as you go. Build each other up in the most high faith, and remind yourself every day Keep God first. Amen. God bless you.